Hi there, church family. Good to be with you today. We are going to be doing our sermon review at this point. Now, we are on location today, which is a little different. <laughs> we are on location at uh, Vacation Bible School. So you might hear some things in the background because we are tucked away in a room, but this room right now is full of crayons and construction paper and scissors, and so teachers are coming in and out grabbing stuff as they need it. So hopefully the audio quality is fine. Also, you're stuck with just myself and Pastor Spencer. Uh, there's no others with us. Today. No one else. Scott is having the best week of his life, as he said. He's wearing his VBS headband. and Yeah, he's just loving life, probably mad at us for hiding <laughs> here right now, for being yeah. honest. No, yeah, he's yeah he, he's got a smile on his face. He just... Yeah. He loves VBS. He loves that taco song. Yeah, he does a great job with it. So, uh, anyways, we are in First Timothy chapter six. We looked at verses seventeen to nineteen. Uh, this coming Sunday will be our last week in First Timothy, as we'll look at the last couple verses there. Uh, but verse seventeen through nineteen, Paul comes back to dealing with money in a way. Uh, in verses six through ten of First Timothy six, he's addressed money, but it was more about. Uh, seeking after money. It was, it was more talking to those who didn't have it, it seemed like, and setting their whole mind, their whole goal on <clears throat> getting money. And so in verses 6 through 10, Paul talked about contentment, saying we need to be content uh, where we are in life, understanding that it's by the providence of God that we are where where we are. And uh, I think that's hard for us in America to talk about because we live in the land where you go get your own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're kind of t- like the American yeah. dream is you right. can come here, you can become a citizen, and if you work hard, you can achieve success on your own. And so it's kind of built into our DNA to think that way. Right. Uh, we And so sadly what happens though is you have people who work very hard, but they never get to their goal and then they see themselves as losers yeah. or failures. You have others who've worked hard and now they did hit their goal, and so we see them as people of great success. Mm -hmm. When in fact, when you start to look at, I think when you would start to look at the nitty-gritty of it, you realize you can see the providence of God in it because so much of it is what we would call luck, let's say. I know to some Christians, luck is a bad word, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean it as just chance or whatever. I'm meaning it as what God does because let's let's take an athlete you could have two athletes one makes it the other doesn't well why didn't this one make Mm -hmm. it his knee got tweaked a little bit sure all of a sudden or this guy lives in a small town this guy lives in chicago same skill set right this this guy in the small town never was really seen Mm -hmm. you know uh this is just just stuff you know it's just this guy was born to this parents this guy was born to this parents right no say in that right and so uh we have to realize the hand of God in our situation, too, of where we find ourselves. And that helps in contentment, right? Uh, and so that's what Paul talks about there uh, in verses 6 through 10, which is kind of seen as a parallel with our verses that we are focusing on uh, today. And so let me let me read those real quick. I had turned the page. It says, As for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. So one of the things we have to notice here is that Paul, right off the bat, we don't see him anywhere talk about rich those who are rich as being sinners because they're rich, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, we just don't we don't see that here. But he does. 
he does uh, talk to the rich in a way that says, because you're rich, there are going to be certain temptations sure. that will be easier for you to fall in probably. And then there are some ways for you to to live. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I kind of worded it was there was two things he says not to do and then four things to do. And so the first thing was the rich must not be filled with pride or he uses the word haughty there. Uh, and the way that I saw this brought out too in some commentaries and, um, you don't want to be a hottie in this sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, you don't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think one of the things you you said earlier and, and, um, we can see this in our society too. Our society is, um, we, we, you know, write a a capitalistic free market and a fairly mobile society. Mm -hmm. So we don't, and, and that is one of the, the things that is associated particularly with the United States is the idea that, right, you can come as a poor person, be an immigrant, but then very quickly, maybe through your family generations, quickly ascend the Mm -hmm. economic or social ladder. And there are very good things um, we're grateful for um, in our, in our system of economics um, and our culture. Um, So on the one hand, um, you know, hard work and, um, doing a good job, we we have no problem with that being rewarded um, in our society. On the other hand, one of the dangers is, is that and we have this in our society, and probably every society has struggled with this, is that whenever you succeed in that, it's very easy to think that the only reason you've succeeded is because you're better, and, or you were superior, or you made the right choices. Where, you, which, but you pointed out, there's a lot of the providence of God at work here too, um, at at work in this. So you can't say that it was. It, it could be um, in God's providence that He did reward your hard work. But on the other hand, just because every some other, you know, five other guys, they may have worked just as hard as you, but they failed in God's providence. That doesn't mean that you're morally superior to Mm -hmm. them or that you're more holy or better or more intelligent. It just means in the Lord's control of all the events, his plan was for that person to be rich. And so that can happen in our, in our capitalistic society. And it could happen back here that the rich in the present age could, could become prideful um, as if they had earned something by their own virtue or or um, intelligence or whatever God in, and so uh, that's a big danger that we have to be careful about. And that that also is one of the things that you know in our in in past societies, um, I think it was maybe Pastor Scott brought this up in Sunday school that you know if uh, if your father was a farmer in past societies, good chance you were going to be a farmer. If your dad was a blacksmith, there was a really good chance you were going to be a blacksmith. They didn't have the same idea of, I get to pick and choose, or even to ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because there was this idea that my position in the world is given to me by Mm -hmm. God. It's assigned to me. And while we do have many different options, we have to remember even in all those options, ultimately the Lord is the one who assigns us our callings and our wealth and our livings and all of mm-hmm. those things. So we don't have anything, even even in our society, where the temptation could even be more so to think that um, we have climbed the ladder, we have been rich in this present age. We have to be very careful 
um, to not become prideful, to think that we've earned this Mm -hmm. by our own strength or the sweat of our brow. That could be partially part of it, but ultimately it's the Lord's providential control. Yeah. And pride just is such a temptation there for those who are rich because the rich do get more attention in in the world right yeah. their their voices seem to be more important yeah oftentimes you know and and i think we i think we fundamentally know that that's not true you know we look at people in america who are rich and the only reason they're rich is because they're beautiful or uh, their parents were very rich or their grandparents right. are very rich and now they have a social media account with three million followers and all of a sudden what they say becomes important and you start to dive down into like why it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they have a high school education. They never went to college. Right. You know, you start to, you just start to dive into their life and you start to realize, actually, I don't really think we should be listening to them. But why right. do we? Because they're very rich. And then they, they hold influence mm-hmm. because, because of that. We want to do the things that they are doing. We want to hear what they have to say. It was like that during COVID, remember, where all of a sudden uh, people were getting all over athletes yeah. because some of them would say stuff and others wouldn't. And so some would say something. Remember, I remember that famous line now. It's like someone told LeBron, you just dribble the ball. That's what you do. We don't want to hear you say anything. Right? And that's that has to do with this. Is There were people saying, who are you? You're a basketball player. I don't need to hear what you have to say. Right. But then there are others who are like, yeah, but he has a lot of influence. You know, yeah. He's got 30 million followers online. And so what he says is heard by a lot of people. And we would love for him to say the right thing. And it's, it's silly for us as Christians to not think that way either. Because we, why do we love Tim Tebow? Right. It's not because he was great in the NFL. Sure. Right? It's because he kneels and prays, and we <laughs> think that has some impact in right. a lot of people because right. he's famous, right? Uh, and so it's easy, though, if you're in that position to get haughty, mm-hmm. to to have pride, where you start to think, what I say is important. Right. Right? What right. I do is valuable. And Paul's just warning the rich here saying, hey, don't, don't be that way. Right? Do not have pride. And the other thing he says not to do is also – don't fall into the trap of where you feel safe and secure and your hope is found in your wealth and right. your money. Right. Because, again, you can get comfortable in that state, right, yeah. where all of a sudden you're not worrying about bills. Right. You're not worrying about what you're going to eat because mm-hmm. you know that that's going to happen. Right. And so you start to trust in yourself. And, again, in America, in this sense, most of the people we're talking to in our services – are rich in this sense. They're not concerned about eating. Mm-hmm. They might be concerned about what they're going to eat. Right. Right. Taco Bell, Wendy's, Burger mm-hmm. King. Hopefully never Burger King. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. But not about if it's going to come. And so in that sense, we we start to get comfortable of just, we don't rely on God for our food necessarily. It's, I know I have money. I know I have a freezer full of food. Yeah. Right. It's There's just no question there. And, and we can just start to lean on that to where if ever there's a day when that goes away, all of a sudden we start to think of God not as a good God anymore, right? Right. And what what was that? Well, it was our wealth, which shows me my hope then was in my wealth, right? not in God. And uh, I kind of mentioned that at the end of the sermon, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, I would love to sit here and say that if I lost my spouse, I would be able to say, God, you are good. And I hope that I, I really hope I could do that. But, but there is some fear in me that I put my hope in my comfortableness of my life, having somebody who loves me and who's at home, you know, uh, 
but that's those are the times I think when our hope starts to get pushed yeah. out to the forefront. Right. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying there wouldn't be sadness and things like no, that. That's of part of life, of course. But just, am I destroyed? Yeah. Right. Well, and I think too. I, one of the things that I think Paul's doing here—it's very interesting. He talks. He he explicitly is hinting at. Well, he's in. I don't know, but he's he's hinting to them um, in verse seventeen to think about you're rich in this present age. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of hope, I think, also I'd have to maybe do some more study or whatever. But kind of the idea of of more of a future looking. So, what are you counting on for the future? Mm-hmm. Okay, things are good today. But they're counting on their riches for to that what is to what today's life is will mm-hmm. continue in the future, and Paul is reminding them that the riches you may enjoy them today, but they may fly away tomorrow. Yeah, and that's why he uses yeah. that word uncertainty. Right, right, which brings that out. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, yeah. So, what is your confidence in for tomorrow? So. Um, <laughs> You think about uh, the 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 really powerful song, um, "God Bless the USA." If tomorrow all <laughs> is it all the things were gone, I worked for all my life, yeah, and I had to start again with just my children and my wife. It's a powerful. Thank my song. lucky stars, stars to <laughs> living here today. <laughs> the flag still stands. Sorry, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, he's saying, listen, don't put your trust in today's wealth. Ultimately, you need to to put all of your confidence for today and the future in God, who's a rock solid um, thing, because that's another that right in, in, in being haughty and prideful, right? You're trusting in yourself. And similarly, you're trusting in the stuff that you've garnered, but, but our works vanish away very quickly. We're like a mist that, yeah. and, and, and also all of our works are that mm-hmm. way. So God's reminding them, listen, putting them back in their spot. Listen, you're, you need to ultimately hope in God. Yeah. In our church, in our demographic, I'm sure there are people uh, who come into our doors who are what we would consider wealthy. Uh, but for the most part, uh, we are like a middle class, maybe even upper middle class yeah. type of, of situation. And probably for most people in our church, what it would take is not much before financially they're struggling. Right. Right. I mean, it, it's very realistic. You know, all it would take is maybe a car accident. Uh, you don't get as much money from your insurance that you think. Mm-hmm. Now you're a car short. The next thing you know, something happens in your home, right? True. Where the water heater goes out, your dryer starts to malfunction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, let's say all of a sudden uh, something sewer wise. And now all of a sudden you're paying for a new car that's right. 15 grand. You know, you're paying for something in your sewage. It's twelve grand. You've got to get a new washer, get a new dryer, and the next thing you know, your savings that you were feeling comfortable about, right, all of a sudden got hit, sure. right. And we all face situations like that. You guys face that a little bit with uh, what was it? Your heater, right? All of a sudden, you didn't have heat or something. Wasn't your furnace? You had to get a new furnace. We did a couple get a years new ago. furnace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just little things yeah, like that that sure. again, yeah, out of my control. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And we find ourselves realizing how uncertain mm-hmm. this thing that we've built up for years trying to maintain right. of, of savings or whatever yeah. could be gone. Sure. And all of a sudden we're struggling. Yep. And it's easy to see how uncertain those those things are, you know? Yeah, and we forget too then what that does too. If we place our confidence in those things, what also happens is, is uh, because we don't 
in our, we, we might say we do, but we're really not exercising dependence on God. So we don't pray like in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus teaches us, give us this day our mm-hmm. daily bread, because we're not worried about that. We're not worried about today. We take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I mean, that's where Paul eventually goes. The same thing, God, you, you need to set your hope on God who richly provides us with everything to mm-hmm. enjoy. So turn yourself away from trusting in the gifts and look to the giver. And um, uh, Jesus also says, right in Matthew chapter six, where he says, why do you, why do you toil and spend for these things, right? The flowers don't do this, and yet God takes care of them. Is he not going to take care of you? Trust the Lord and let him take care of you. But if we are having our confidence and our hope in ourselves and in the wealth that we have accumulated, we're going to re- we're going to have that misplaced. And so we're not in a place of rest or dependence in God. Yeah, and so that was the first thing the rich must do, right? We had two nots, do not yeah. do this, but then he says, "But Put your hope in God, mm-hmm. right? Who's the giver of all these good things that we right. enjoy? Uh, and so my mind, my mind went to the build your house on the rock and sing yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, that's why I read that. Right. I remember singing that song yeah. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And we all we all knew that song. Um, and again, it's something basic. It's something easy for us to understand. Every, I think everybody in the world, if you sang that song to them, would agree with it. Maybe not the God part, but like, right? Yeah, the smart thing is you would build your house on a firm foundation not a slippery one, not right. one that could vanish. That makes sense. But to a lot of people in the world, that would be financial security would right. be the the rock, right? right? Or a good job or whatever. Uh, but yet, and we so often fall into that trap as Christians. We know that the answer is to build our foundation on God. Just like Paul's telling the rich here, mm-hmm. put your hope in God. But the temptations of this world are so easy for us to slip back into. Sure. And, uh, I think it's good to do inventory checks in our life, you know, of asking ourselves, what am I, what am I currently putting my, my hope in, mm-hmm. you know, my satisfaction in while balancing. And it, again, it's one of those balancing acts. I think that's hard for us as believers. We, it is okay to enjoy the good gifts mm-hmm. that God gives you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting ready to go on vacation with my family and we're looking forward to that. And if for some reason, all of a sudden it was like, we can't go on vacation. That would be a hard thing to deal with mm-hmm. because you've been looking forward to it. You've been planning sure. it, you know, whatever. And so there would be great disappointment there, but that would be different than just utter hopelessness after right. like, fine, the rest of my year's ruined. I don't get right. to go away. Right. I don't get this and just letting it destroy you. Sure. Which could be easy to do, honestly, mm. for something you've been right. looking forward right. to. Right. Uh, it's okay to go on vacation and enjoy it. Mm hmm. But let's not let that define our foundation and our hope. And so I don't want pe- I didn't want people yesterday to leave feeling guilty for having things. Mm-hmm. What I wanted us to do was to leave thinking about where our hope is. Are are we putting our hope in in God, or mm-hmm. are we putting it in our money, or in our families? You know, in our current life situation, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, because that just leads to disaster. Right. In the end. And that's why we keep talking about this. That's why God has given us a church family. That's why he says you should gather together Mm -hmm. weekly, right, for worship, right, for the preaching of God's word. That's why you need to hear the word of God read Mm -hmm. in prayer and singing songs together and giving of offering. All these, Lord's Supper, baptism, all these things come together so that 
God has given us those things so that our foundation is on him. Mm -hmm. And we can't water that down. We can't minimize the importance of that. And and sadly, I think what happens is when we start to do that is when we start to see our hope definitely shift. Right. Yeah. And also God sends, um, God does, uh, in his providence allows the, the furnace to go out, the air conditioner to go out because, um, what do you want? God allows suffering and things that we don't like because the old Adam in us still wants to take pride and confidence in these things. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, the Lord um, comes and uh, pricks that mm-hmm. so to humble us, so yep. that we're put back, we're, we're forced back to that place where we always should be of of trusting God, and then we can actually enjoy the good things he gives us because if we're not depending on God, we're actually not able really to enjoy the things. We're trying to guard them or yeah. keep them, which kind of leads exactly what we're reading in, in next because one, if you believe that they come from God, then you're going to be willing to open your hand up to mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. If you think it's only about you, you might open your hand to other people, but you're doing it for selfish motives. Mm -hmm. And we still struggle with that as believers, but God, again, uses the suffering in our lives, I think, especially, and the gathered church uh, of being, he uses all these things in our lives to, to uh, humble us so that we will be able to do good, to be rich in good works um, and to, to serve our neighbor in a way that we maybe wouldn't be, able to otherwise yeah and that's that's what he says right so put your hope in god the next two is to be rich in good works and also to be generous Mm -hmm. which you can see them kind of going together with what's talking about here Mm -hmm. but the rich have been put in a strategic position those who god has allowed to be rich yeah who are part of the family of god have been put in a strategic position uh, to be able to do those good things, Mm -hmm. Uh, man and i are watching a movie it's an it's an old movie i can't remember what it's called I, i say old 2000s or something like that maybe even 2010s or something i don't know uh but it was uh justin timberlake was in it and he had like uh it was like a sci-fi thing but they had a timer on their arm and everything everything costs time and if your timer ever hit zeros you died you were dead and so it was something like when you were born you were given you were when you were born you're given a year but the year doesn't start until you're 25 years old and so when you hit 25, your timer starts and you could have banked more money by then by working. Cause when you work, you get paid in time. They give you time, oh, gosh. but everything costs time. And so like in the movie, he goes to buy a coffee and they're like, that's uh that costs four minutes. And they're like, what? Yesterday it was three minutes. Well, it's four minutes today. Is it worth wow. four minutes of your life to have a coffee? Yeah. Just give me the coffee. <laughs> Boom. And they, they pay for it with time and you can give people time. There was a way to like share wow. and everything. Uh, but what was interesting is this this guy goes to work and his job basically gives him enough to last till tomorrow to work. Oh, wow. And that's how most people live. Well, then you have the rich who have oh. millions of years. And the the whole movie thing is hmm. they, they're controlling the system and rigging the system right. or whatever. But Justin Timberlake, eventually some guy, he's 105 years old, but you always look like you're 25 in the movie. Oh, he's 105 years old and he's just like, I don't see the point of life and they fall asleep. Well, he ends up giving Justin Timberlake all his time, which is like 150 years. Well, in his neighborhood, that would get him killed. They would steal it, you know, or whatever. But 
he's very generous with his time. He's, he's lived his whole life day to day, and now he was given this time. So he's willing to gamble it at one point where he then gets like thousands of years because he <laughs> wins. But he's he's so willing to give his time to people, and that's the part of the movie. Is like he goes back home and he fights the system and gets a million years into his mission bank like the charity who's giving time to people and oh okay. anyway, they like overrun thing whatever sure that's the whole point of the movie but it just made me think you know like of what you were talking about yeah he was willing to be generous in that time and he was really the only one in his community who could because everybody else just had a day mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't afford time to give and we face that in church life right especially if you look globally there's plenty of churches who just they can't do missions mm-hmm. in the way that we think about because sure. they don't they don't have the money to do that. They can barely meet as a church family and meet the needs of people who are starving in their church. Try to care sure. for that, right? But we are in a situation church wise where we can actually be generous, yeah, and do these good works because God has put us in a position where we do have some money. But then you think about it on an individual level, you know, even in our church, there's people in our church family who can't give a lot to the church because they don't make a lot of money. It's it's almost a day-to-day thing for them, paycheck to paycheck. And so it's hard and it's a real thing. They're mm-hmm. not lying about it. It's it's just where they are in life. Maybe it's cuz of fault of decisions they've made in the past or whatever, but sure. maybe it's not. It's just where they are. But then there's others in the church who can be more generous. And that's what Paul's saying is if you find yourself in that situation, for the love of God, to honor God, but mm-hmm. also to love your brothers and sisters, be rich in good works and be generous. Mm-hmm. Not saying right. become poor, right, right, <laughs> but be generous. Do what you can, you know, right. to care for them. And uh, that's a good word, I think, from Paul, and probably for most of us, yeah, who live here. <laughs> I like too that he puts. He says, "Be rich in good works," because. Um, it can be very easy. I mean, he does he does say be generous, ready to share or your stuff. Uh-huh. But to be a Christian and to be a, even to be a Christian who has money means that you should do more than simply write checks. It is a big is a it's, that in, it yeah. includes that, mm-hmm. but it's a bigger category. Yeah, of, which we yeah. which is which includes tangible things, prayer, mm-hmm. um, all the whole gamut yeah. of which. All Christians, whether you're rich or poor, are supposed to be zealous in. I tried to mention that some yesterday. I can't remember who it was I was reading, but they had brought up like the rich can fall into two traps. One, they just work constantly for themselves to get mm-hmm. richer. Or two, they've inherited their money and so they're just lazy. Mm. Yeah. But Paul's yeah. telling the rich, you actually still need to work. Right. But right. not about yourself. Work towards others. Good work. To do good. To do good. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest, there's, I, did, I guess I didn't mention this, but. If you if you own a company and you're working hard and you're employing people, that's actually a good work. Yes. You know, and it's it's okay to work right. hard and to treat your employees well and to care for them and part of hopefully part of your mentality isn't just for you to be gaining riches but to think because of this business there's 15 families employed here. That's a, yeah, you great point. I, you know great what I mean point. and and so you should work hard for that and see it that way. Again, you're not putting your hope and your trust in that, right. but I think that can be seen as a, a good thing. I think that's also. really helpful because one of the things when we read this phrase, be rich in good works, we're thinking, so I need to start a ministry or mm-hmm. I need to start a whatever. No, like, like you said, if you own a business, treat your employees well. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that's a spiritually good work. Yeah. 
for a Christian to do. Mm -hmm. Take care of your family, take care of your local church, all of those things. Um, in the spheres you could, and maybe it does mean you start a ministry or do something maybe, else. Yeah, it might whatever. be, but that's not the primary place that, or the mm -hmm. first place that you go to. Um, because so often we read that and we think that has to be some kind of, I don't know, some, some extraordinary thing, but actually good works are very, should be very ordinary things mm -hmm. down in the, the, the normal space of life. Yeah, I mean, you think about what you had mentioned before about I'm born to a farmer dad. Right. And, and the good work that my dad did is he kept the farm going. Yes. And now yes. I'm going to do that. Why? To do a good work for my family so right. that my son will have an occupation sure. to keep the farm going. Sure. sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I don't think we always uh, view it that way as no. much as we should. Well, lastly, uh, quickly, um, the last thing he tells the rich is to store up treasure in heaven, right? Uh, eternal eternal treasures mm -hmm. uh, where my mind went to Jesus talking about that to store up treasure in heaven yep. where neither and and we could probably go into a long discussion I was thinking about that of what that is and I didn't want to go into great detail I guess yesterday uh, during the sermon to part that out by like what really is storing up treasure in heaven mm -hmm. you know I think we all kind of get it though I think yeah. it's sharing the gospel with people I think it's the good works and generosity that Paul just talked about. So it might not be me sharing the gospel with somebody, but it might be like we just said, of working hard so that the business keeps going and people uh, can continue raising their families or you know supporting whatever. Mm -hmm. um, doing those things that glorify God, as we're called as Christians, do everything mm -hmm. we do what to the glory of God. As we do that, we are storing up treasures in heaven. Now, someone might ask, well, when do I get those treasures? I don't want to talk. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I think that we get lost yeah, in that sometimes. Yeah, right. I don't know if that's the point of that either. Right, it's like, well, because right. when I get to heaven, my mansion will be bigger because I yeah. store it up in heaven. Yeah. I don't think that's Because the, the Bible says also, whatever crowns you have, you're just going to throw back at his feet. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't like, think that's the point here. It's not like there's going to be a, a ritzy part of heaven. And yeah. then the, <laughs> the point is having a, an eternal mindset instead of a now mindset. That's you know, it. That's and it. just focusing on those things, the things, again, that God has called us to do, not to earn salvation, not to obtain anything, which is the danger mm -hmm. is we start to want to obtain treasure in heaven. So we're just working hard. As that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think you're missing the point here. Yes. You know, uh, it's we're doing this out of the flow of what God has done for us. Right? right. And we're we're so thankful each and every day for his salvation and his grace and mercy in our life mm -hmm. and the fact that he will call me his own that. In return, I just want to honor him, and he tells me to honor him by being generous and full of good works. Yeah. So let me do that the best I can. Yep. And sometimes that's even sacrificial, which I think we'll talk about in mm -hmm. the coming months a little bit. Of Sometimes he's going to ask me to be sacrificial in giving, even financially, or of my stuff. But I have to trust. You right. know, it's like, God, you gave me this. Right. And God, I think this is something you desire. And so I'm going to trust you in the midst of this. Yeah. You know? Um so hopefully we can be faithful of that as a church family, uh, honoring God, being generous, being kind to each other, letting that extend out to our community, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, so that they will see that in us. And hopefully God will use that in our in not just our lives, but in their lives as well to maybe open their eyes to the truth of the gospel, right? Maybe God will use some of our good works to... Uh, uh, witness to somebody and somebody comes to know him, right? That's another good thing about God that doesn't get talked about enough is that he lets us do good works. Right. He doesn't right. need us. It no. could have been, okay, Tim, you're saved and now you're with me in heaven. I'm just right. going to pull you out. Right. 
But no, he, he's kept us here and he allows us actually to take part in this kingdom. And so like Vacation Bible School, we have the privilege of being able to share that with these mm-hmm. kids. And God will use that in their right. lives, which is a crazy thing to think about. That yep. He would let us be a part of that. Right. You know? Yep. And so let us go and, and do those good works uh, to his honor and to his glory. Mm-hmm. Right. Anything else? No, that's good. All right. Scott just came in here and looked at us negatively. <laughs> so we got to go. Next week is the last sermon. Last sermon, First Timothy. First Timothy. Yeah. Last two verses. Some people are pumped about it. Some people maybe are sad about it. I don't know. I don't know. So after that, we're doing the Psalms. We're going to do some Psalms, and then I think we might do a series in the fall on giving, what the Bible talks about with giving, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe come back to Second Timothy okay. and get through Second Timothy. And Christmas will be here. Yeah, and Christmas. Yeah forgot about that. Isn't that crazy? It's, yeah. We're, we're Cycle heading, of life. We're heading that way. Yeah. We're heading that way. Yep. Yeah. We're on okay. the down of the hill of the year. <laughs> it's a great thing. Yeah, the top. So, Summer solstice is happening. I know. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> As Michiganders, it is. Because yeah. pretty, pretty soon and it'll be dark. I know. Anyways, so. All right. Well, thank you for listening today. On uh, that happy note, enjoy. <laughs> enjoy the summer. Enjoy the warmth. The darkness is coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> uh, well, we hope to see you this coming Sunday, uh, Lord willing. But until then, we hope you have a, a great week. God bless.